0: Every t-shirt tells a story. There's no better time than now to create a custom-designed t-shirt and make a difference. Our friends at Underground Printing make it easier than ever to start a t-shirt fundraiser for your charity, school, business, or any cause you support. All you have to do is design your shirt, share why you are raising, and then share your campaign. They will ship the orders direct and send along the funds you raise. Underground actually created the I Am Norman t-shirts, which supported the United Way of Norman, and it was very easy to set up. Just visit pogo.undergroundshirts.com to learn more about how you can create your own t-shirt fundraiser today. That's pogo.undergroundshirts.com. Hello and welcome to I Am Norman, a podcast about the great city of Norman, Oklahoma.
1: Well, I'm originally a Normanite. I'm a Norman girl. I've always looked at Norman. It's just a fabulous place. I had a great childhood here. and
0: I am a Norman girl. I mean, born and raised from day one, Norman, Oklahoma.
1: I haven't lived anywhere as long as I've lived here. So I call Norman home now, and it's a, it's a great place to live. I'm Zach
0: Logsdon, and I hope you'll join me each episode as we hear the stories of the amazing people, businesses, Philanthropies and upcoming events in Norman, and what makes our big little city so great. I love that in Norman, I am part of something that's so much bigger than me. I just think that the people here in Norman are extremely generous. I've said
1: it before, and I'll say it again nothing loves anything the way Norman loves Norman.
0: The I Am Norman podcast is brought to you by Norman Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. When your home or business needs cold air or hot water, call Norman Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing at 405-823-9641 or visit them online at normanair.com. Hello, Normanites, and welcome to another episode of the I Am Norman podcast. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Very excited about our guest today, someone I've uh, been anticipating having on since I started the show, and we were finally able to coordinate schedules and get Dr. Nick Migliorino, superintendent of Norman Public Schools, on the podcast today. Nick, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Uh, absolutely. My pleasure, Zach. I appreciate the opportunity, um, and uh, hopefully I can uh, share some things to to your audience that uh, they've been curious about in regards to Norman Public Schools.
0: I think so. I think for sure. So start off uh, like I do with all of my guests. I, I want to hear about your background uh, uh, more, and you start by telling us about yourself, your family, your history with the great city of Norman, Oklahoma.
1: Sure. Absolutely. I'd love to... Uh, you know, uh, I'll start off with my family. Typically, I don't give them uh, enough uh, credit or, or airtime on, <laughs> on things, so I'm going to start with them this Good. time. I am uh, blessed blessed to have a wife, uh, and she stuck with me uh, on the 30th of this month. It will be 22 years.
0: Wow, congratulations. So, uh,
1: uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, celebrating that anniversary, and I, I do have uh, three kiddos uh, that uh, attend Norman Public Schools. I have uh, my son; his name is Lathan. He uh, actually is a senior at Norman North this year, so a very my first senior uh, mm-hmm. personally. I've been through many many commencements, but never had my own, and and this is one to remember for sure. Sure. Uh, so my son Lathan, and I also have a. Uh, two daughters, uh, one who is a sophomore at Norman North that will be a junior next year. And then, uh, uh my youngest uh, daughter, Ava is, uh, a seventh grader going to be an eighth grader at Whittier next year. So, uh, once again, just, uh, uh, really fortunate to have an incredible family who, uh, allows me to, um, you know, pursue my, I guess my addiction, which is uh, <laughs> working with other families and kids, yeah. uh, in, you know, yeah. So, uh, Really uh, blessed there. And, and you know, my, my history with Norman Public Schools back goes back to 1994 when I became a teacher at Irving Middle School and a coach, taught mathematics, um, had the opportunity to, to serve under a lot of great people, I ended up moving to Norman High School um, as a teacher after a couple of years and uh, coached basketball and was a math teacher at Norman High School. Um, then I decided to, uh, you know, I was finishing my master's uh, and uh, ended up getting uh, an assistant principal's job in, in more public schools. Uh, so I, I kind of went away from Norman for a couple of years, um, went to more uh, more than uh, Putnam City, and then Tahlequah, actually, as, oh, uh, well. as a principal. And uh, uh, then I came full circle, had the opportunity to come back to Norman as director of secondary education. From there, um, I, I got my Ph.D. Um, in 2002, and from the University of Oklahoma in, in te- educational technologies, I was the, the first person to get that degree, and so I've always had an affinity with technolo- to technology. And um, yeah, uh, created a company and ended up a technology company, um, kind of on the side, and ended up selling that. And went and worked in the private world for two years, and. Uh, you know, sales is not my thing. Um, and, uh, you know, once again had the opportunity to come back to Norman as uh, assistant superintendent and CTO under Dr. Siano, um, incredible mentor there. And, um, then, uh, um, you know, when he retired, I threw my name in the hat and was fortunate enough to, uh, to land this, uh, incredible, uh, position to serve the students, families and teachers, um, of Norman Public Schools, and that's what I've been doing now for the last three years. Um, so I say I've, I've done three separate tours of duty with Norman Public Schools.
0: Well, that, I mean, that brings me uh, well into our, into our next question. You, you've been uh, in Norman you know, uh, the, you know, for, your, for your latest stint, been in Norman in the past, uh, but you've been all over the state, uh, and obviously something about Norman keeps bringing you back in and, and that position uh, as assistant superintendent, uh, and, and then a desire to be our superintendent was strong, obviously. What is it about Norman uh, that you love so much that, that makes this a place you want to you know, uh, you know, raise your kids and have them involved in the school system and, and, and make an impact in our schools?
1: Um, I think the, the easy answer is the uh, consistent uh, pursuit of excellence and just the, uh, the teachers and the staff that work uh, in these schools and, and knowing their heart and their vision. Uh, You know, I had the opportunity, whether it was in school administration or in the private business, to travel around the state and the United States. And, you know, I I would always catch myself when when people were saying, hey, we're doing this or we're doing that. Isn't this great? I always caught myself biting my tongue. saying, (laughs) Yeah, we started that back in Norman. I was, you know, however many years ago, you know. Um, So uh, it, it was just that pursuit of excellence. Mm hmm in everything.
0: So, so you, you mentioned that you were, you, you started out as a, as a teacher, you were also a coach, and then at some point you decided to make uh, the jump from the classroom to administration. Uh, what, what was the, the motivating factor there uh, that, that made you want to, 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 to I, I guess, make an impact at a higher level?
1: Sure. Uh, you know, I think we can all, you know, uh, go back to different points in our life uh, that, you know, have, have had huge impacts on me, and uh, mine has always been, I've I've been uh, fortunate to have an incredible number of mentors, and, you know, I, uh, and growing up, and, and, you know, my mom was a teacher, my father was a teacher, um, and uh, I always thought, well, I'm going to be a teacher and a coach, and I caught myself, uh, Doug Tolan was the coach at Norman High School at the time, and I was working with him, and I caught myself at a game, and I remember this like it was yesterday. I caught myself watching the game as opposed to coaching the game, <laughs> and I thought to myself, "Wow, you know, I've always wanted to make an impact on a large number of people, and and I was in, you know, finishing my master's at that time as well. And it was just that pivotal point in my life that that made me uh, make that. Or help me get over the hump and take that step, and and every position I've had since then, uh, my focus has been on can I make a larger impact on more people in a positive way, and that's that's kind of what's driven me in, in uh, whether it's been positional or, or career changes.
0: So I, I like to. Um... Sing the praises of educators as much as as possible, uh, and and I'll take this opportunity to to kind of brag on on some some people in my family. But my my wife is a, is an educator; she's a teacher and a reading tutor, and has worked in Norman Public schools uh, quite a bit. My uh, grandfather was a principal and a teacher. My grandmother was a was a teacher, and, and so uh, just a big fan of teachers. We've had one, uh, uh, Crystal Wesley from Adams Elementary, has been on the podcast already. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so the question, yep. my my question, my, I have such an admiration for for educators. Uh, my question to you is, when you, you mentioned that your parents uh, were both in the business, uh, when did you realize that you wanted to seek a career in education? And I guess, how much did uh, your parents play a role in that?
1: You know, uh, that's a that's a fantastic question because I, I didn't go to college to become a teacher. Actually, my my dream when I was in high school was to, uh, I wanted to be a nurse anesthetist. I wanted to to be an RN, but an anesthetist. And they're like, okay, how did you go from that to to being a math teacher? Uh, But, uh, you know, it's one of those things, uh, you know, uh, uh, know, life throws you opportunities. And when I went to college, I was on a scholarship and, and I was actually told I couldn't Uh, Be in athletics and be in the nursing program. Both had too much time commitment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'd either have to wait for one or the other. And you know, being a young man, I thought, well, I'm going to be in sports. Okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I put that to the side and got a degree in mathematics. And um, uh, but uh, I got injured in college uh, in my junior year and uh, had to kind of readjust. And uh, I. there just happened to be a job fair coming up and, and at, at the university, and I went in and actually had a conversation with uh, Mary Kay Hapke, who used to be a, a, an administrator here in Norman, and uh, I just kind of asked her, you know, what this was all about. I knew my teacher, my parents were all obviously educators, but um, she, she really uh, intrigued me, so I kind of shifted and, and, and finished my education degree and got a job in Norman. So, so that's the, the the long and short of it. I was not going that direction.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, way We all we all seem to come into our own and into our in our into our careers. It never seems to be a direct path, does it?
1: Right, never, never. <laughs> and and it, you you learn so much, though. You know, in in every opportunity um, that that you you you're exposed to, you you learn something that really helps uh, create your foundational knowledge in, in whatever you end up landing, right. in, you know, the positions you end up landing in.
0: So I want to switch gears and talk about the current state of of things. You know, the current state of the nation, current state of our educational system. I'm sure when you uh, took the job three years ago, uh, much like like many uh, people who are in the roles they're in, I, you weren't expecting this. And there's no playbook for this. There's no way to look back and say, "Well, wh- what did we do last time this happened?" Um, Right. So I really want to start by asking about what your life has looked like this, these past couple of months. Talk about the conversations that were taking place leading up to mid-March and the difficulty of the decision to extend spring break and ultimately uh, obviously not allow students back at all uh, for the spring of 2020.
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question, Zach. And, and, you know, I think if you ask um, uh, teachers, myself, parents, that same question, uh, you, you're going to first get a pause and, and a reflection, um, uh, look probably if you're, you're in person, because for all of us, it, it has been uh, completely different, nothing we could anticipate, um, and nothing really you could plan for. Um, so it, you know, I guess that's why they call it a pandemic, right? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> right. So, um, it's 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 been a challenge, I, I, you know. I, I don't hesitate to say that, and it's been a challenge uh, not only for all of us as educators, but those parents who are now um, uh, having have had to educate their their children at home. So, you know, um, the decision that was made to, to not come back, um, you know, after spring break, uh, ultimately was made by the state Department of Education, which I don't know if that makes it easier or not, uh, but. To say um, that we wouldn't have made the same decision um, ourselves, even if the state hadn't made that decision, um, you know, I think we would have. Uh, we had a board meeting planned to where that was going to be a recommendation that I was going to make to our Board of Education, who I must take a segue here and say, you know, there are five members of the Norman Public Schools Board. Um if you haven't had an opportunity to meet them or talk to them, just what an incredible group of of individuals who are elected officials, but yet are basically volunteers, but who are so vested in what's right and what's good for kids. And, and just, um, you know, um, so fortunate to, to, to be around them, and I, and I learn from them every single day. But, you know, it, it has looked uh, completely different. You take... Uh, you know, 130 years of doing something one way and <laughs> flip it on its head in, in a few weeks—that uh, that's um, that's not easy. Uh, but it 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 all kind of goes back to that pursuit of excellence. You know, having great people—that um, that's what's made it um, palatable. That's what's um, helped us get through this. Uh, is all the teachers, all the staff members, the district people, and the planning and the pursuit of making sure we try to provide the best possible education we can in an unforeseen and, uh, circumstance. You know, I, I'm a person who is all about in-person education, the teacher with students and relationships. Um, that's what education should look like in my mind, but, you know, we, we've had to, to make a decision and, and, and change some things. And, um, now we're in the process of working on options as we move forward going into next year, because, um, You know, there's a lot of um, unknowns still out there. There are are a lot of families and and teachers in in different places um, that that we have to, to make sure we accommodate
0: you 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 i want to talk about those options that you mentioned for for next year but before i do uh first i i i was coming into this conversation i, I knew you had a senior i know that because i have uh two juniors at norman north uh, a son and a stepdaughter uh that that had mentioned that to me uh talk about how this is impact- how he's handled' it. his, his you know, we've heard a lot about this. You know, people, you know, these these kids losing out on their senior year with with no warning whatsoever. You know, they were anticipating prom and graduation and 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 the last couple months of uh, arguably one of the the most fun years uh, of their school careers. How has, how has your son handled all of this?
1: Well, you know, you're gonna make me get emotional here. <laughs> um, you know, I, I try to stay stoic through all of this and. You know, commencement is is my favorite time of year. Is getting to shake all the kids' hands and you know uh, give them a hug and you know help them take that next step in life. And then when it's your own, it, you look at it through a different lens. And you know, I will say he um, he's handling it well. He, You know, he's a young man, uh, just incredibly proud of him. An Eagle Scout. You know, he's going to go to you know he's had the opportunity. He's going to get to go to college and play baseball. Uh, but you know. Um, it was the first, and this is where I get emotional. You know, he, he remembered uh, or I remember uh, when I told him and he probably knew before everybody else. Cause you know, I told him at home the night before, I said, it looks like we're not coming back. And first time in my life I saw my son pause hmm. and he means like, and, and say like, like not at all. And like, I won't be able to see anybody and like, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And it was, you know, that he didn't have to say anything. It was that reflection and that, that quiet um, moment that it was tough. And, and, you know, every time someone asks me about it or I start to talk about it, it, it's, it's an emotion that I have. I know every single parent has because the kids, you know, and everything we do, you know, kids adapt. Yeah, they it's the, yeah. you know it's the adults and and it, it's really tough um and, and that's that's where and that's kind of driven me to you know before anybody else anywhere said anything i you know i i came out on a little video i did and sent to families and said we will have an in-person graduation commencement ceremony and um you know some of my staff looked at me like whoa really <laughs> and, yeah we're going to figure this out and you know okay so um then that's, you know, that's helped drive me. And, and, um, not that I wouldn't have done it anyway, but, you know, having that parent hat on while making these decisions that I know affects so many people has helped me get through this, but you asked about my son and I talked about myself. Um, but, uh, I think he's doing, doing good. You know, he's got a good, um, he's got things to keep him busy. He's got a good core group of friends and, um, you know, we're going to get there, but I know he's looking forward to an in-person uh, uh, graduation uh, when we're able to make that happen.
0: Yeah. So one concern that arose. Oh, absolutely. One concern that arose uh, out of all this was the, uh, the availability of continuing the, to feed students, many of whom re- rely on the, that, those meals provided by the schools quite heavily. Uh, talk about the decision to con- continue that program and the importance of, uh, of doing so.
1: Yeah, that was an easy one. Um, that was before we even had the, the approval, we were already in the process of, of going to do that because we know, um, we know our community, which is changing. Uh, you know, we've gone in the last 20 years from like 20% free and reduced lunch, uh, families to 52% this last year. So, um, you know, an incredible, uh, shift in, 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 the population. So, um, yeah, you know, that was the easy one. Now, how we got it done was the challenge. Our child nutrition department—my goodness! Um, just so you know, we averaged serving over fifty-five thousand meals a week wow. through this whole thing, and, and it peaked at over seventy thousand meals. Jeez. So um, that, and you know, we're doing that, and I, mean, we, I know other other um, entities in the community were also providing meals to different people. So that was. Of our families. And, uh, you know, uh, we've always provided summer meals. We'll continue to provide meals through the summer. I do appreciate the State Department uh, working with the federal government on giving us um, some waivers in the way that we're able to deliver those meals to those people in need. And um, yeah, that's probably the easiest question you can ask me is that because it was a no-brainer right we're just going to do it
0: well i know that uh, the community appreciates it and, and you know all of us were you know see, seeing from from home seeing those things take place you know thrilled that uh that the school system was was able to continue to, to do so um now uh, I got to ask a question that that's on everyone's mind. Uh, you you alluded to it or, earlier with the with uh, you know talking about the options for fall semester. Let's talk about that some. We we've been hearing uh, from a lot of colleges and universities about their plans to open and some very unique ways that, that they plan to have in person classes uh, and how they're going to continue to uh, keep students safe or attempt to do so. I know or I don't believe uh, that Norman Post Schools has landed on a definite plan yet. Uh, but what are the ideas that are starting to rise to the surface as the best options uh, for those students as they return to school this
1: August? No, absolutely. Um, I'd love to share. So the one thing I, I would ask the community to understand uh, serving uh, university um, students, um, although I'm not a university professor, you know, Joe <laughs> and all of them are doing a great job over there, but you're, you're talking about adults who are, you know, typically, can take care of themselves. That um, they they've enrolled in college. They they're you know they have their transportation. They have their their ways. Mm-hmm. Um, in public education, pre K, four and five year olds to eighteen year olds, um, you know, we we have a a, a different spectrum, a different uh, range of kiddos and, and and people that we're working with, sure. um, and and their um, access is is different. So it's a different dynamic. So obviously, we're learning a lot by watching the university. Um, my uh, methodology—some um, like it, some don't—is you know we're going to move as slow and as methodically as we need to, so that when we do deliver a plan or a set of options, that we're able to execute and deliver on those. Um, Currently, we have uh, multiple listening groups going on, uh, parent listening groups, administrative listening groups, teacher listening groups, student listening groups, and we're getting ready to kick off a task force to um, really start talking through some of uh, the different scenarios that we have in front of us and how we have planned to address them. Because this is not something that you sit in isolation and say, hey, I think this would be the best way to do this. Because of all those different scenarios, you know, we we serve a large number of students with disabilities. We serve a large number of of students who have uh, different situations at home. Um, So we want to make sure that we provide options for all those different scenarios. And, uh, yeah, I've received a lot of emails from people telling me what we should do. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, but I want to make sure, you know, um, and, 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 you know, people want to know right now and I get it cause they need to make choices. And, and, you know, I say to all of them, I understand where you're coming from, but let us let the process work out so that we can provide the best for you. So what we're looking at, you know, Um, I'll start with summer. Our summer school is going to be, um, it's it's all online, whether it's our extended school year or um, our high school classes. Uh, We we have a great online platform um, and great people behind that. So that's how we're doing summer school. And that's just, uh, that's the option we have there. Um, And we've had over 200 and something Uh, secondary students uh, take us up on that. Um, Now going into next year, um, I'm going to throw some situations out there that we have to address. So one, there's a lot of social and emotional challenges right now just with the the pandemic, and everybody's in a different spot. Um, And then we have a lot of um, situations if I talk about my teachers. Um, So I have over 150 teachers that are 65 or older. Hmm. Um, and then I have so many that are in different levels of uh compromise they're in compromised in, in different ways, and that same um challenge goes with our students. We have students who have different levels uh you know they're compromised in different levels so what does that look like for them coming back into so into a traditional school setting um so I think it would be it wouldn't be the best move for us to to come out and just say. We're just going to start school in a traditional way. Right. Uh, we've sent some surveys out asking people kind of where they land. They, they would land if we were to do certain things right now, what would they choose? Um, so I'm laying all that groundwork here, and, and I hope everybody's able to follow me to say that um, we're, we're looking at three scenarios. Okay. Okay. And they could all run in parallel or one before the other, and we could pivot. And, and that's what we want to do is, is create a plan that we can – be uh, we can pivot at a moment's notice no matter what um, the world throws at us so scenario one would be hey we're going to start school as much as normal as possible knowing that we have um, some virtual options for people Uh okay so that means things are pretty good Uh, we could um, have a scenario to where we either get to start school the, you know, on time, or maybe we have to delay it a little bit. So, you know, the in-person. So how do we fill that gap? Obviously, that would have to be a virtual scenario of sorts. Uh, now, when I say virtual, a lot of people go to, I'm just going to sit in front of a screen and, and click through questions and, and read what's on the screen. You know, that that may be a piece of it, but really looking at how can our teachers provide direct instruction via, you know our online platforms, uh, so we're investing in some new online platforms that hopefully we'll be taking to the board real soon that will help our teachers deliver content virtually uh, in a better way so so that would be another scenario and then um, you know the worst case scenario in my mind is that we have to look at a full on virtual uh, situation, and obviously we're planning for that. Um, hope that doesn't happen or I hope that doesn't get dictated to us. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I don't anticipate that happening, but I'm not a person who's going to forecast one way or another, either one of those. But all that to be said, kind of under those uh, three scenarios, a lot of variables in place, and we're trying to put all those together while aligning uh, across the district what we're doing and making sure everything we put out there is equitable and we can execute and deliver what we say we're going to deliver.
0: Thank you uh, for for walking us through that. Uh, you know, I, th- I think everybody would be uh, very very glad to hear what the options are. My next question, I, I, I ask, I'm going to use a uh, sports comparison because you know we, we hear um, about the, the football season, for instance, and how you can't just decide, you know, the you know, August, the end of August, that hey, in September uh, we're going to start playing football. You have to, you know, have some prep time. You got to get the students back. You got to in the weight room, you got to get everybody prepared. So I know that you are moving slowly and methodically, as you said, but at what point does the decision, like you have to make a decision by this date in order to be ready? Mm -hmm. Um, because like I said, you have to be, you have to be prepared.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my, you know, kind of, um, Working goal, once again, knowing we have to be flexible, is you know, I hope to have some things, uh, some solid plans out to, to families the first of July. Um, so you know, either right before or right after, um, um you know, the fourth of July. So, uh, that, that's kind of what we're aiming for because, once again, we want to do it right, and anytime you rush it, um, you, you have to, um, uh, uh sometimes that that creates issues where you have to back up and I don't want to have to redo it because we didn't think of something. Right. Uh, So, you, you know, that, that's the challenge. And so that's, that's kind of the timeline we've set for ourselves internally to, to work through these, this task force and all these listening sessions and, and collect as much information, but also put together a solid plan because, you know, it's not just putting the plan together and saying, Hey, we've all got it in our head. Now we have to put it out there and articulate it to, you know, sixteen thousand families mm-hmm. in in their own way, and, and that that in itself is is a challenge. Is making sure everybody gets the plan and then has the opportunity to ask questions. So uh, th- that's what my staff is working on now.
0: And and um, I I mean you you've kind of addressed this. I I think the answer is that you know whatever whatever the data suggests and whatever families are, are, are willing to participate in will be the deciding factor, uh, on, on what plan is ultimately chosen. But, but can you shed, uh, just, just say a little bit more about that on, on when you make that, uh, decision, what, what you exactly you'll be looking at?
1: Um, yeah, you know, so ultimately in everything we do, uh, public education, you know, we, we, we provide, uh, and we believe a world-class opportunities for families, but in the end, um, it's the family's choice and we want to work with them and individualize everything as much as we possibly can and and providing the information to them so they can make a wise educated decision um and, and do that in a timely manner is is incredible so that that's going to be our focus is getting the information out as quickly as we possibly can making ourselves available to those families when they have questions but um Also, trying not to leave anybody out of the loop because, you know, ultimately in all of this, uh, most families are going to reach out to their teachers. They're going to reach out to their site administrators to ask those questions. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) really good information there, Dr. Nick, and and I and I really appreciate you sharing all that. With us, I want to be respectful of your time and not keep you on for too long. But before I before I let you go, I got to ask you a list of questions that I ask everybody uh, that comes on the podcast. Uh, And I'm going to start with this: when 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 all this is over, when the pandemic ends and you can get back to life as normal, uh, I'm sure Uh you look you look at things uh, things that you realize now that you took for granted and never realized you took for granted because you never knew they'd be taken away from you. uh, As we all have. When this is over, what's something – tell us something you'll never take for granted again.
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I've always been a, a relationship um, person. Texting and, and emailing has never been my thing. Those people who know me know I have a two-text or a two-email <laughs> rule. We can't get it figured out. My response is call me. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, after this uh, – going through the hundreds of emails every day, um, I'm never going to take for granted again the opportunity to pick up the phone or just walk down the hall and see someone and have a conversation face-to-face. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah that's something that we've all had uh, to, to, to grow accustomed to, and I'm sure in your line of work, it's, it's especially difficult. Um, my next question, uh, where is your favorite place to eat in Norman, and what do you like to get there?
1: Wow. Uh, that, that's tough. I have so many uh, <laughs> uh, friends who, who have restaurants. You well, put me in a tough spot if, if
0: you don't want to single anybody out, I understand. you don't have to answer the question.
1: My favorite if, if I if you were to ask me what food could I eat every day, yeah, um, you know, I, I would say um, uh, uh, a sushi oh, Asian nice. food? Yeah, I, I could eat yeah, I, I could eat that every single day. Um, obviously we all have comfort food and uh that would be uh steak and potatoes yeah uh for me and um you know my uh, favorite uh you know uh food to to eat on the run would be uh um uh, mexican
0: <laughs> nice.
1: There you go. Did I cover uh, all the bases? Well, you, 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 bro- well,
0: bro- <laughs> you, you, you did, and, uh, and uh, I, I, I respect uh, your decision not to alienate any, anybody, <laughs> any of the restaurants out there. Uh, respect, mad respect to you for, for that. Uh, and then yeah. finally, uh, let's, let's end on this. Uh, I, tell me something. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to focus on the positive. Uh, it's a lot of things to be kind of negative about right now. Let's focus on the positive. Tell me something you're, or someone uh, that you're really grateful for right now.
1: Someone I'm really grateful for. Uh, you know, um, I, I will say my mom um, and my wife, uh, because uh, I, I may have said it even on this this call. Um, they tell me, you got this. You can yeah. do this. And it's that, uh, you know, it's um, I, I take all of this personal when it comes to trying to serve our students and our families in the best way. And anytime I hear from someone that, that they feel like they're um, not receiving uh, information or services that they feel like they should, and, and that maybe it's the district um, has let them down. That that bothers me, and I, you know, that that would be it. And you know, my my family basically saying, you know, it's good, you got this. Yeah.
0: Yep. I, I, I hear you there. Uh, very grateful for mine as well. And, and then um, I, I, I keep, I keep uh, um, saying that I'm going to let you go. But before I do, uh, do you mind sharing with everybody how uh, they can stay informed, whether it's uh, the social media uh, website or, or, or anything else you want to provide so, so the students and, and families can stay informed and, and as up to date as possible on the goings on with Norman Public Schools?
1: Absolutely. So obviously, the website, that's a great place, but you know uh, I, I understand most people are on social media. Um, and you know our Facebook page is our primary place, and then from there, everything is pushed out to the other uh, social media mediums. and And we say Facebook because everything we have on our Facebook page is also, uh, depending on how you have your device set uh, translated. So, you know, we have 81 uh, different languages spoken in the Norman Public Schools, and so we're very conscious of making sure uh, that we we get our information out in in multiple languages. Mm -hmm. So that would be my first stop. And, you know, download the Norman Public Schools app. Um, All the different mediums that we put information out on uh, are all available within that application, just like the information I'm going to put out today in my newsletter that I send to families and staff uh, at the end of each week where we'll be giving updates on our phase back end of some of our fall sports and fine arts programs.
0: That's great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a uh, just let, let our listeners know that if they want to follow this podcast, they can do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook uh, with, the, with the handle I am Norman Pod. Dr. Nick Millarino, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It has been a true pleasure and honor to speak with you today.
1: Hey, Zach, I appreciate it, and and thank you to everyone listening. And if you have questions, I I am an email or phone call away.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for many more episodes to come. the 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 I Am Norman podcast is brought to you by The Hall at the Railhouse, Norman's premier event space in the heart of downtown. When all of this is said and done and life gets back to normal, the one thing we'll all be looking to do is celebrate with our friends and families. Weddings, receptions, corporate events, luncheons, banquets, proms, parties, and more. If you're looking for a place to celebrate life, we hope you'll choose The Hall at the Railhouse. For more information, please visit therailhousenorman.com or call 405-778-0003. I Am Norman is sponsored in part by Old Hat Creative. Old Hat is a strategic marketing and branding firm located right here in downtown Norman. From websites, corporate identity, graphic design, video production, and more, Old Hat can help any organization achieve their marketing goals. For more information, visit oldhatcreative.com or email info at oldhatcreative.com. We don't notice anything We sit side by side in every class Teacher thinks that I sound funny But she likes the way you sing Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed When silly thoughts go through my head About the bugs and alphabet When I wake tomorrow I'll bet That you and I will walk together again I can tell that we are going to be friends Yes, I can
1: tell that we are going to be